0: The teeth. Well, are we supposed to have them? On? There's nobody at the computer. Oh, I don't see her. <laughs> She's not here anymore. Well, do I need to turn this television on? Follow along with me in the responsive reading. God of the hungry, shelter of the homeless, provider of all we need and much of what we want, you welcome us like a parent calling a child to a nourishing meal. As you replenish us with food for our souls, turn our eyes and our hearts to the needs of our brothers and sisters who go to bed hungry and wake up longing for bread. Help us to realize how much is enough and how much is too much to hold lightly to our, in our lives.
1: Yes. I will to see, open my eyes, illumine me, Spirit divine, be seated.
0: Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Community Baptist. We here are glad to have you with us today. Visitor, friend, or foe, we're glad to have you all. Um, Dr. Hobbs and his family are still on vacation, and uh, the husband and wife team are filling in today. Summer is also away on vacation, um, Some of the announcements that we have today is I want to make sure that you noticed on Wednesday night we will have Judge Rob Wiederstein here speaking about the Big Brother and Big Sister program that has started in Henderson. Um, As we know, our Greg Gibson has been um, hired on and will be working with them, so we really um, need to be here to support uh, Judge Rob here and listen to him. I'm sure it will be very interesting on the Big Brother and Big Sister program that we're starting up in Henderson. This helps uh, children that uh, sometimes get lost between the cracks, and maybe we can help fill in those cracks. Uh, also, our mission trip is on for the week of July the 24th through the 30th, and we're going to Atlanta, Georgia. So if you've not signed up for that, please do. And um, next week, the week of July the 4th, our youth will be going to Panama City for their uh, their trip, their youth trip, and they still need scholarships um, the cost is two thirty five a person, and you don't have to uh, donate all of it, but any amount of it would do that if you could to help them with that um also this Wednesday night before we come in here judge Rob Widerstein or even after uh Pizza Hut we're having a fundraiser for that, and uh Mary has the coupons in her hands there, and uh it's a very easy one. We get to feed ourselves and then we get ten percent of the the pro twenty always says ten in here, twenty percent even better. we just doubled that um goes to the uh <laughs> of that so um we again are glad that you are are here worshiping with us and today our um, guest speaker is uh Bob Hicks, and he is a native of Lexington, Kentucky, where he graduated with honors from Transylvania University. He received a Master's of Divinity degree from the Lexington Theological Seminary and was ordained by the Christian Church Disciples of Christ in June of 1974. He has since served congregations in Kentucky, including Owensboro, Madisonville, in Virginia and in North Carolina. He also served on the staff at the Ardmore Baptist Church in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, and as a member of the North Carolina Baptist Men's Mission Teams, was a guest evangelist in Sao Paulo, Brazil, for two weeks in 1990 and 91. And for the last 12 years of his ministry, this is where you may have known him or been in contact with him the most. He has served as the executive director of Habitat for Humanity, Affiliates in Florida, Georgia, and Kentucky. He is married and the father of two adults who live in Nashville and Atlanta. And it is our honor to have him back with us again for uh, the third time. Um, Also, on the end of our rows, we have our little red book. We want to make sure that you fill that out so we can count you present. And uh, if you would like, we could probably get in contact with you. Also... For our offertory today, we are going to be blessed with the voice of Daryl Powell singing for us, and we're glad to have him and along with his guest here. Thank you. This time, if you would let's see. Stand and greet the person next to you.
1: At this time, children, it's time for our children's moment. So, if the young kids, children, want to come down here to Miss Mary, she'll be uh, filling in for for Miss Pound today. So, come on down. By the grand piano, all the children, please.
2: Jerry, got me on now? Come on down, kiddos. I don't consider us the B team, do you, Mark? No, you guys are filling in. I'm filling in for Pam. And kiddos, think about this. Some of you know Miss Pam. I swear there's not a Sunday that I don't come in those doors and Miss Pam's standing there with a great big smile on her face. You know Miss Pam? And she's always got her arms out and she's always willing to give those hugs. Well, Miss Pam called this morning. And I bet right now if we went to miss pam's house and we touched her right here i bet these shoulders would be really really hard do you guys have those yet come here joseph let me see nope they're soft you know what i bet every one of your moms and dads and grandmas and grandpas and aunts and uncles sometimes if you touch right here oh it's really hard because all the stress goes right there and i bet if we went to miss pam's house this morning her shoulders might be a little tight because when she called and said she couldn't be here this morning, you know why? It's because her mom is sick and Pam is always there to take care of her mama. Okay? And I know that sometimes your moms and dads and grandmas and grandpas and aunts and uncles and anybody that cares for you, they may be a little grouchy or they may have a lot of things on their minds. But you know what? They love you guys more than anything in the world. And I know Miss Pam wanted more than anything in the world to be here with you this morning. So what we're going to do, let's send her a prayer this morning. We're going to ask everybody back there, pray with us, and we hope that Miss Pam's mom does okay this morning, because it's tough when they get a little bit older like that. We're dealing with that with Kelsey and Jake's grandma and grandpa. They went to Walmart this week, pop fell on the floor, he pulled mom down. It's just, you know, when you get that age, you just never know what's going to happen. So let's all go to the Lord in prayer and hope Miss Pam and Miss Mildred have a good day, okay? Dear Father, thank you for these beautiful faces here this morning. Please be with each and every one of these children and all the adults that have come to your house this morning to worship you. We know that you're with us in every minute of every day and we thank you for that. As we continue through our day and our weeks ahead, please continue to be with us and show us why we come to your house on Sundays and why we always keep you as our priority. In your name we pray. Amen. All right, guys. Miss Kaylee and Kelsey are going to take you all back in the back today if you'd like to go. And we're going to paint some crosses today. We're going to talk about Um, Some different things back there. So you all go with Miss Kelsey and Kaylee today back to Children's Church. Good morning.
3: Our scripture today comes from Isaiah, and um, it is the incorrect verse up on your screen, and I was sent the incorrect reading, and if it hadn't been for just a little accidental comment to Reverend Hicks, I would have read you the wrong thing. So we are in Isaiah, but we're in Isaiah 62, verse 1 through 5. For Zion's sake, I will not hold my peace, and for Jerusalem's sake, I will not rest until the righteousness thereof go forth as brightness, and the salvation thereof as a lamp that burneth. And the Gentiles shall see thy righteousness, and all kings thy glory, and thou shalt be called by a new name, which the mouth of the Lord shall name. Thou shalt also be a crown of glory in the hand of the Lord, and a royal diadem in the hand of thy God. Thou shalt no more be termed forsaken, neither shall thy land any more be termed desolate, and thou shalt, not, and thou shalt be called hesapha and thy land Beulah, for the Lord delighteth in thee, and thy land shall be married." For as a young man marrieth a virgin, so shall thy sons marry thee. And as the bridegroom rejoices over the bride, so shall thy God rejoice over thee. And then from Revelations 21, 2, and 3. And I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. Lord, we come to you today with thankful hearts. We thank you for the many blessings that you have given us. We thank you for your constant care and concern. We thank you for the Holy Spirit, which you have given to us to live within us. We thank you for all the promises that you have given us through your word. And we thank you for all the fulfilled promises that you have given us. We pray that you will be with us, live within us, and help us as we go out into the world each day and that we may take your word to a world in need. Thank you again for our many blessings. We ask that you be with all those folks who could not be with us today. We ask you to bless our pastor and his wife while they are away, and we ask your blessing on Reverend Hicks as he brings us your word today. and all these things we pray. Amen.
1: Offertory hymn is Be Thou My Vision, page 60. Please stand.
2: family and friends, oh God, we give you thanks. For the roof over our heads, the food in our bellies, the clothes on our backs, oh God, we give you thanks. For those who do not know the love of family or friends, for those without a roof over their head, food in their bellies, or clothes on their backs, we ask you, oh God, to make us doers of your word. In Jesus Christ's name we pray, amen.
4: Face with Christ my Savior. I shall be whole. And pain. When the crooked ways are straightened and the dark things shall be plain, face to face I shall behold Face oh blissful moment face to face to see and know face to face with my redeemer Jesus Christ who shall be
5: Thank you for blessing our hearts, Mr. Powell, that beautiful voice and a reminder of what we have to look forward to the day when we can. I'm grateful to Tim Hobbs, my friend, for being invited back a third time. I'm grateful to you for allowing me to come back a third time. I think this is fill in Sunday and I'm grateful to have the privilege. It hasn't been but just a a few weeks, it seems, that most all of the world was tuned in to the pomp and the pageantry of that royal wedding of England's Prince William and his lovely Kate. The news media quickly shuffled our attention from that, that happy, beautiful event back into the, the harsh and ugly realities of a, of a violent and decadent world that we live in with the killing of Osama bin Laden and the infidelities of a California governor and a New York congressman. But for a moment, actually for a whole day, And for much of the week preceding that day, most of us joined the throngs of British citizens who ghibli prepared for the wedding and then witnessed that beautiful bride processing down the aisle to her stately groom. Then there was that orderly enthusiasm for which only the British are best known, by which the masses of people in London swarmed upon the place where the royal couple would kiss for all to see and all to cheer. It was truly a happy event, a scene that even Walt Disney couldn't reproduce in all of his fantasies. And though it took place at the end of April... The royal wedding seems to have ushered in a much more exhilarating season of spring ceremonies in this traditional month, ending in this traditional month of joyous unions and marital celebrations. That sky-high feeling of a budding affection blossoming forth into a deep, consuming Passion is an emotional explosion. Most of us understand, some of us have experienced, and perhaps even some of us anticipate in our futures. In the prophetic books of the Old Testament, God uses a lot of metaphors to describe his relationship with his people. But the most prominent metaphor is that of the lover of the beloved. The bridegroom who delights in his bride. And I would have us to think about that and to celebrate that this morning. Like a smitten man who cherishes his sweetheart, God cherishes you and me. As a bridegroom rejoices over his bride, Isaiah 62.5 reads, So will your God rejoice over you. You know, God could have described his love for you and me in the form of fact sheet. An FYI, if you please. Or maybe even a breaking news report. He could have simply inspired his prophets to convey that announcement. Now hear this. God loves you. That is all. That is all. But that somehow just doesn't convey and get the message across. With all the warmth and with all the enthusiasm, with all the joy and all of the delight, and in passion and excitement that God wants to embrace and envelop you and me as the recipients of his awesome love. Scripturally speaking, the Old Testament picture of God's love for you and me is that of a husband and his love for the woman of his dreams. It's an enduring love, one that deepens and strengthens every day. It's one that outlasts times of testing and perseveres forever. It's a love filled with delight. It's a love overflowing with joy. It's a love that's crazy with happiness. It's a love that overcomes the challenges. It's a love that forgives the indiscretions. It is a love you and me can be glad, which is faithful and sure. The biblical image of God's love for you and me is not one of calculation. It's not one of scorekeeping. It has no limit. On the other hand, it's gracious, and it's never-ending. It's like that of a groom for his bride, soaring in his affection for his one true love. God's love for his people in Isaiah 62 is emphatic. He bestows the title Hephzibah and Beulah to the objects of his affection. Those are Hebrew words meaning my delight is in her and married. You will be a crown of splendor in the Lord's hand, God says. The king who holds his bride proudly is one for whom she reflects the nature of the one who loves her. Let me say that again. The king who holds his bride proudly is one for whom she reflects the nature of the one who loves her. This very special relationship is crafted around a forever commitment a promise and a pledge by which God eternally identifies his, path, his partner as a people of a covenant. And as in the romantic relationship between a bridegroom and bride, in this covenant relationship between God and his people, the beloved represents the lover's taste and his pleasure all that he desires and delights in. In other words, those whom God loves are meant to be a genuine expression of who he is. In John's Revelation, once again, this extraordinary relationship between God and his people is expressed in the descriptive metaphor Of a bride beautifully adorned for her husband. John helps his readers. He helps you and me to understand that the people of God. Whom Jesus calls the church. You and me. Are partners with God. In an eternal covenant. We are embraced to the very core of who we are. By the unfathomable love of God. And we are involved with him in his continuing mission and ministry of kingdom building. Through his messenger John on Patmos. God proclaims from his heavenly throne the dwelling place. It was read the tabernacle meaning the dwelling place of God is with mankind he will live with them the promise conveyed through John's vision our hope and the security of our eternal salvation is expressed in the image of a marriage made in heaven The New Jerusalem is the church indwelt by the Holy Presence of God. At Christmas time, prior to Christmas, we talk about God becoming man. There is another time when, through the church, God Dwells with mankind and is to be known through mankind, through the church. The people with whom God lives, the church, are those through whom God is seen and known as the source of truth and mercy and goodness and grace, and joy, and love, and forgiveness, and life. It is you and me upon whom the Holy Spirit is poured out as were the flames of Pentecost for this time in which we live, where we live. We are the Brides, the Bride of Christ, We are the recipients of God's enduring love and partners with God. Married in a forever covenant of mission and ministry. This should be enough for you and me to grasp this morning as good news. That we are loved. That we are cherished, that we are desired and adored by the God, by God as a bridegroom, loves and desires and cherishes and adores his bride. It should be enough this morning for us to dwell upon this one thought. For there are people all over the world who crave to be wanted by another. There are people living throughout this community who desire to be loved and to be adored. I believe that there are individuals sitting amongst us in this room who want simply to matter to someone else. Take heed. My brothers and sisters, those whom God has drawn to himself are not just wanted, but intensely desired. We are the chosen bride. We are loved by God. We are adored by the Creator. More than anything else in all of creation. There's where I should say, Amen. But for those for whom no genuine, bona fide Sunday sermon has less than three points, here's the second one. It ought to follow naturally from the first. And it is simply a question. Just how much does the bridegroom love the bride? Years ago, when I was in Brazil with the Baptist Men's Association, preaching as an evangelist for two solid weeks, morning till midnight, I had the opportunity to go to Rio de Janeiro, and as we flew in to that beautiful city, you fly in over the ocean, you fly in, the, the, the airport is in the bay. I mean, you look through the, you used to be able to look through the cockpit window and you saw the runway and then you saw ocean. And it ends feet from the water. But there focusing our attention was the hundred, hundreds of feet tall statue of Christ. And as I had the privilege to stand at the foot and looked up at this granite marvel, it came to me, how much does God love me? His Son spread out His arms on the cross of Calvary and gave His life for me. The third point. Such a love demands a response. What is it that the bridegroom wants most of all from his bride? Is it not to be loved in return? How the church of Jesus Christ responds to his love. Defines her mission. How you and I respond to God's love identifies our discipleship and explains our obedience. There's a beautiful worship and praise song that I think is simple and says it all. I'd like to close with this prayer and as you would like, join me. I love you, Lord, and I live from the Christian gospel, not from me, not on behalf of Tim Hobbs, but in response to the love that God has for you, or your salvation, come and accept Jesus Christ as your Lord. If you are a visitor and you would so choose to come and be a member of this congregation, I'm certain that someone, a deacon or other We'll fill in for Dr. Bobbs and accept you in that regard. But would you join with us and stand and sing our hill of his patients? Turn your eyes.
1: Thank uh-huh.